Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. Katie, welcome to my podcast. Thank you, Vesna. I'm delighted to be here. And I'm really, really glad to, to have you here. Uh, it took a while, but now you're here. A big welcome. Thanks. Katie, you are the CEO of uh, Degoshen and now known as a digital executive coach. But the reason I invited you is that you have so much insight and have helped so many people and leaders in particular, I would say, to use this power of transformation with the help of digital. So tell me, who do you typically work with and, and what is it really that they want to resolve? And also why, of course? Wow, lots of great questions in there. <laughs> well, mainly at the Ocean, what we do is we, we work with boards and leadership teams and um, across industries, I would say. And the, the key denominator is actually that we work with bold and brave leaders. We want to work with leaders who really want to make a difference, who are in the pursuit of purposefulness. And um, when it comes to the digital impact, what we have seen is that there's a big shift going on right now. What type of leadership skills are valued and necessary, actually, to manage and to lead and inspire others in this digital era? So that's where we have our focus on, on supporting leaders throughout that transformation so they can become more purposeful and successful by using digital tools in different ways. Mm. So I was thinking the people that you are very much interacting with, how do they interpret the world as it is now? Because uh, somehow the world is new, but is their mindset the same? Well, the, the pace is certainly so dramatic right now. And people, many people, leaders in specific, feel really overwhelmed by all the information coming at them and all the different opportunities. and Nice and shiny objects, what should I pursue? And some people are really pacified by that and they're afraid to make the, the steps and they're afraid to experiment and test what will work for them. So they are kind of overwhelmed, yes. And what we see, which is a very interesting phenomenon actually, is that the mindset might not change as quickly as the technology changes, right? Mm. So if you recall, maybe your parents or somebody you know who were um, around in the 50s when the television came what was the first thing that we actually could see on television back then? When I ask that question, people think a little bit and they say, well, I do recall maybe I saw it was a man. Uh, he was sitting behind the table and in front of him he had a microphone. And then I ask them, okay, yeah, sounds about right. So was that good television? Mm. No, it was radio, right? So people brought the radio behavior into the new technology and it took a while for people to really change the behavior and really utilize and leverage the, the power of that media. And we see the same thing today that we can't really swap our mindset or our behavior right away. We need to get acquainted to the new technology. We need to feel safer before we embrace it fully. So some people will always be the front runners, right? The early adapters. And... The majority of people will need some more time to, to change, but that's why we need good role models and we need to help more leaders step into that uh, front position. Mm. But who do you see as front runners right now in this? Uh... 
been? Oh, there are so many people. I, and I don't want to actually point to specific names. I would just like mm. to point to specific behaviors. Mm -hmm. So if you, for instance, personally, I'm really attracted to leaders and people who are sharing their journeys and their, their vulnerability. Mm. So uh, how they're experimenting, how they're failing, what they're learning. And the people who are doing that, either they are a CEO or have another position in, in a company or an organization, or they are having their own business, the people who are willing to share that are really the brave ones. And they will inspire so many more people to start taking action despite all the uncertainty and the, the immense pace that is, uh, they are affected by right now. And, and I guess that if they show this, let's call it vulnerability, they also invite people to help and cooperate. They I mean, do. That's kind of the, the automatic reflex, I would say, that people Yeah, you have, have two reflexes. So basically you are attracting people who are looking for somebody to work with in that space. But also what you will see is that you will resonate with other people who feel exactly the same. So you can pick them up and you can mm. lead and support them in their own journey so they can then hopefully then uh, make these steps that they need to make. Mm. And uh, also the world in general, I think, has changed, of course, radically, but it's still pretty much run by old organizational structures and styles of, of leadership. Uh, we can still see that a lot. What effect do you think that has? Yeah, it's both, I would say, a challenge, but also it gives some comfort. So basically, if you are a leader today who is looking to use digital in order to incrementally change things and improve things, existing process, existing products, and improve that, of course, that will will be possible in the existing structures. But if you're really a true digital leader today, you're looking to disrupt, you're looking to find at what we can do that we're not doing yet that is valuable to our customers and the customers of our customers and how digital actually can help resolve that. And um, I would say that, that then these structures are, of course, a constraint. So today, organizations and corporations are challenged by the fact that they need to have their existing operations running and they need to have experiments on the sidelines. So do you integrate that or do you keep it separate? And how do you incent and how do you build that culture where you actually need to do both, both incremental improvement, but also to have more experiments and disruptive activities to make sure that you are surviving in the future. Mm. How to stay relevant as well. Exactly. Yeah. In one of my pod uh, dialogues with um, the CEO of Norwegian, Frida Sive, she was bringing out as one of her conclusions, which I found very interesting, that in the midst of everything that is changing and should change, there is a huge need and desire also for safety, sense of safety, to feel safe. So in that sense, I would say that some people might think that the, let's call it old organizational structures, feel safe. <laughs> it's just that they don't exist. They are evolving all the time as well. Yes. So it's like a double... Yeah, it's it's a double sign there. And, and I would say that I think she's right. And we, we all need some kind of safety. We all need to feel that we have something in common where we can actually rely on people and processes and support. Does it have to be a traditional organization or could it be a community? Could it be a network? Could it be a platform? 
I'm sure it will change over time, but we need those basic things in place to feel that we can always get help and we can always also help others. Mm. So if it's a physical location or if it's a network or a community online, I think they can both fulfill that. Mm. But going back to you, Katie, what what is uh, your what we would call a passion, really, that can, that is driving you, that doesn't, you know, allow you to give up on something? <laughs> yes, I've been reflecting a lot about that over the years. And when I look back, what I realize is that I'm always passionate and looking to support leaders stand out. There are so many people who are not considering themselves being leaders. Mm because they don't have the right title or they don't have the, uh, the mandate maybe. But to me, a leader is somebody who is inspiring other people to take action. And you don't, have, you don't need a formal title to do that. Mm. It's more about the ability to lead without owning things. And sometimes you own it as well, and then you might be, you know, have the title and the mandate and everything. But even though you don't have that, more people can lead. And when that happens, when you can mobilize other people to have them realize I can lead. Mm. Uh, that is really, really uh, inspiring. And that's what's driving me. Many more people are, are leaders and they're not aware of that uh, mm. right now. Mm. Yeah, that's true. so true. What, uh, let's call it turning points in your life have influenced you the most so far? Mm. Yeah, what comes to mind is specifically one episode where I made a huge decision career-wise. I returned from vacation when I was um, employed by a large IT company and uh, one of my colleagues who was my age had passed away and I didn't know. And it was just such a shock. And that made me reflect about my own situation. So why am I doing this? Is this really my, you know, my place <laughs> to be? Mm. Is this a purpose of, of what I'm supposed to do and, and how I can help others the best? So that incident made me think in a different way. And I didn't leave right away, but I started a process where I took a sabbatical. And then after a short uh, return to the company, I, I decided to leave and build my own business because I felt that there was something... I couldn't fulfill where I was. Mm -hmm. So if you ask me to pick one episode, I think that might have been the, the most important one, that very surprising and, and shocking news mm -hmm. that made me question everything I did actually professionally. And what is it that you felt back then that you kind of left behind and what did you go to? I realized that there were certain parts of me that I didn't utilize fully. And I was curious about that. It never occurred to me. I, I came from a, an environment where everybody made careers in, uh, you know, in large companies. And suddenly I looked around and I said, oh my God, I have family members, my husband, I have other friends. They're all making their own business and they're making a living out of that. And I never even considered that. And how are they doing? How are they feeling? What's driving them? And I started to look at them and I said, oh my God, <laughs> they have so much to that they have so much passion and so much um, energy and it's it's tough as well but i could clearly see that the flexibility and the uh, ability to make their own decisions was so crucial to them so suddenly i looked at myself and said wow 
(laughs) (laughs) That's definitely something I should consider doing as well. So it Mm. wasn't a very hard decision to make in the end. However, people around me thought I was crazy. So to them, I was kind of bold in doing so. But to me, it was just a natural step. What um, long-term solutions do you believe in for business? I don't think the world needs more leadership philosophies or methods or tools in that aspect. I think what we need more of is actually to share and collaborate and use what what is there already. Mm. So I would say from a sustainability perspective, I, I would say that continuous learning, continuous sharing, continuous experimenting is a very, very important dimension. Mm. And digital, of course, helps. Right. Mm. So we, we have access to platforms. We, can, we have access to fantastic education. Uh, some of it is totally free and other things are available, you know, via the biggest universities in the world or other institutions. So it's also a very, it's a very important aspect in terms of democratization. So more people have access to the same tools and the same content mm. and can start collaborate across traditional boundaries. So that's what's exciting me. And I think that's big sustainability point because you can reuse Mm. so many existing resources and distribute them on an on-demand basis. But it's also a little bit of a jungle out there. Many people are kind of confused by the, or overwhelmed actually, by everything that is out there. Yes. You can share, you can collaborate, you can take part in different groups and, you know, mastermind groups of all kinds and so on, global, local, whatever. And, and it's like for a kid of 18, 19 years old, if they should choose, you know, university, if they haven't figured out exactly, exactly what they want, how do they know? How do we all know where to go to find this fantastic uh, group for exchange uh, or sharing or experimenting together in an environment which is not your, you know, company or colleague environment, but right. outside of that? Yeah. I don't think there's a recipe that that will allow us to say, do this step one to 10 and you're done. Mm -hmm. I I think it's more, you need to experiment to some extent. But I would say that what I find a bit interesting is that when I talk to leaders and help them move forward in this space, very few of them have actually asked themselves the key questions about their own strategy. So unless you are able to ask yourself, so... What would I like to share more? What would I like to learn more about? And what would I like to demonstrate my expertise in? And uh, why would I do that? And to whom? And when? And how often? So if you ask and answer those questions, so you kind of create your own personal strategy, it becomes so much more easy, right? Because then you deselect by default Mm. a lot of things. Mm. So start by answering those questions and... One thing I've seen over and over again, both personal, but also with the people I work with, is that they start somewhere and they always change directions. There's no straight line in this Mm. because you discover new things. And when you open up and start collaborating across these digital tools as a leader, you get access to not only information, but you also attract new players and new people who will invite you to opportunities that are not currently on your own radar Mm. and that is exciting and that's where we do innovation that's where we Mm. think and start looking into maybe more disruptive ideas and as leaders we we are expected to somehow provoke somehow inspire somehow 
create that curiosity about the future. So we, we, we need to open up and allow that to happen. So I'm really actually optimistic about that. Yeah. But you need to you need to have your own actually individual strategy to do that. You can't rely on somebody else to tell you what mm. to do. Mm. Is there any particular company that you um, admire? If I should choose one example, which is really, really impressive in my eyes, is General Electrics. It's a huge corporation. And what they've done over the last few years is to actually change the whole structure. They have moved locations. They have implemented startup and entrepreneurial methods and tools. They've actually put all their leadership levels through significant change training and change the culture fundamentally. So if GE can make it with that size, even more companies can make it. But that's really impressive because if you're big, of course, it's a, it's a, it's a bigger task to, to kind of move a huge elephant than, than a more agile kind of player. But what do you think, what was the trick, so to say? I mean, you can't change culture so fast. So were they potentially also driven by the fear of being left behind <laughs> also? Or, or how much was it really because they wanted and they had a particular you know, purpose or a vision that kind of inspired them so much so that they just went, went, went through with it? I can only guess, but I would say it's probably a combination. I don't think they had the burning platform that was, you know, in the last stage of the burning platform. But of course, there, there were some mm. elements of burning platform as well. Mm. But I think that the um, the CEO really stood out and made the decision to start at the very, very top mm. and just go through it and involve every, every layer. So... And also, I, I know from what I learned from, from the press is that they brought in experts, of course, of startup methods, and they had years of programs and training and coaching internally to make this happen because it takes time. Changing mm. behavior and mm. the culture in this way is a huge effort. Mm. But again, if they can do it, more companies can absolutely do it. But it needs to come from the very, very top. Yeah. And I guess that they also had... Um lots of money actually to put into building a platform that was attractive enough to inspire others to come and cooperate or co-create with them, right? Absolutely. And, and by, by doing that, of course, you have a business momentum as well and you have some kind of a first edge. But if you assume that, uh, if we dream a little bit and assume that you have all doors open and you have all resources available, what would you then innovate or change? Hmm. Well, since I'm driven by individual leadership and uh, I would say supporting leaders in becoming bolder, I would say that if I could somehow promote or support or help in, if I had all the resources and the opportunity to create what is needed, I would say that bringing clarity somehow, either through uh, tools or, or content or support mechanisms to allow leaders to understand what they should focus on for the future, the type of leadership skills for the future, as opposed to where we expect digitalization to take over some of our current 
work content and work um, activities. And there's a very, very interesting um, research report uh, coming out from the World Economic Forum back in 2015. So it's already out there for two years. And they looked at what are the top leadership skills that are needed in the future. And they compared that to what they believed about 2020. So right now we are mid between 2015 and 2020. Mm. And the interesting thing is that the trend is that Everything that has to do with our right side of the brain, creativity, wholeness, emotional intelligence, cognitive flexibility, all of these things that we know great leaders are good at, they cannot be replaced, at least today, by digital. So that's where the leaders need to focus. And, and how can we how can we support them? How can we make sure that they benefit from that and utilize, see that as an opportunity and then build skills and encourage their teams to also feel that there are new jobs coming up that we are not aware of today. So 2020, what type of leadership skills are needed then? What kind of new jobs are on the horizon that we're not aware of today? Mm. That's really, really exciting. So my humble contribution to some things in that process would be amazing. Mm. <laughs> and, and as a reflection of that, you know, how should the education system adapt quickly in order to provide? Yes. But for example, your kids, if, if they would today ask you, okay, what am I going to choose if I want to have a job tomorrow? Uh, what would be your advice today? Well, I would at least make them aware of the type of, of jobs and the type of job content that we expect to be digitalized more of in the future. So basically everything that's on the left side of the brain in preference when it comes to analysis, when it comes to quality control, when it comes to facts, checking and so on. So mm. I would tell them about IBM Watson and how we expect those services to expand even more in terms of going through millions of documents and do calculations and analysis and support us with something that we can make a decision upon. Mm. So then it's up to us to make the informed decision and to use emotional intelligence and, and make the right decisions. Mm. So um, I, I think supporting the creativity and um, and make sure that they are not afraid to test new things and be ex experimental in their ways. Mm. And uh, considering all the people you have worked with and still work with, and many of them leaders, as we said, if there would be one piece of advice that you would say is you know, the, your key insight to, to give to them, what would that be? Yes. Well... After the last couple of weeks, when I've, I've been meeting with the different types of leaders in different settings, and I've, we have discussed these topics, one thing that strikes me is that they are not fully aware of their opportunity and maybe their prerogative to inspire others. So they're not viewing themselves maybe as leaders to inspire others, either in person, at stage, or via social media or digital platforms. Mm. So I would say that your online behavior should reflect the behavior that you have when you meet in person. Mm. 
and then you will have a fantastic credibility because mm. people will trust you. There shouldn't be a difference in how you behave in mm. person contra how you behave online. Mm. So I would say to them, start experimenting with that and test it and see what is that to you. It, it will be different because we all have different preferences. But the more aligned they are, mm. the more credibility you will have and the bigger reach you can have as a leader. And that might bring you, you know, opportunities that are not on your radar today. Mm. Yeah, and I'm thinking about one, one reflection on that is also that in this kind of, um, let's call it interconnected, uh, very complex uh, global playing field that we have, this sense of overview and control is pretty difficult. And so then self-leadership and what you would call values are actually becoming a matter of, of, of survival in a way. Yes. So the leadership in terms of giving, providing people not only guidance, but the ability to lead themselves. Okay, how do you do that? Well, I guess if a company has a good purpose, for example. Absolutely, uh, and, and purposeful organizations are, are increasingly mm. valuable in terms of that. And sometimes yeah. the, the important thing is that people can really relate to the values. And one thing that, that we see in, in our research ourselves, and this is one of the, the, the big points also that my colleague, Lisa Dengstam, always talks about, is that we as leaders, we need to continuously learn and we need to look for those opportunities. And today, guess what? We have all the things available, you know, at our fingertips, literally. So... As long as we stay on the learning track and as long as we share and as long as we believe in ourselves as somebody who can inspire others, we will be able to uh, have an impact and uh, that will help in, in uh, attracting the right people that will align with the values that we, we work for. So um, continuous learning, I would say, and, and learning also by, by making mistakes. I mean, uh, we need to learn more about how to celebrate mistakes and how to uh, really see the true value of um, making mistakes as well, because that's something that people can relate to. And uh, by doing so, you will lead with even bigger impact. Mm. And um, for companies, what do you think is the most important thing for them to focus on right now? But one practical thing is that monitoring trends is so important because your industry today might not be your industry tomorrow. There are new players mm -hmm. disrupting all the time. And monitoring used to be something you can centralize mm -hmm. and maybe keep in a very small group of people internally. And then you will work on a strategy that will be your leading strategy for, for a year or even more. But today, what what... I would say is actually needed is that the company will encourage employees to to monitor trends on all levels. And one way of doing that is, of course, to, to use social media to monitor trends. So as a leader today, no matter which level you're on, you can't really rely on anybody else providing you something because, I mean, for your own your own career advancement, for your own uh, future-proofing, your own uh, leadership career, you, you need to have basically your own trend monitoring. And actually today what we see is high in demand are leaders who are able to bridge between the traditional industries, the traditional company structures and the startup world. 
those who are able to bridge between are really, really high in demand. We can't really rely on the people who are too, I would say, stuck in the old structure. So we need somebody who is able to understand both worlds. So you need people to move between to learn. Mm -hmm. So the best combination is actually to inject boards and management teams with people who have experienced both. So um, mm -hmm. we will see more of that moving forward. Mm. That's really the best combination I believe in really. What do you think the world needs the most at this time? We are totally convinced that the world needs more of the great good leaders, the people who are considered role models to uh, be visible and to inspire people and to make sure that we benefit from all the good is coming out of the digitalization and the, the way we can communicate and collaborate across organizations and countries. There is a backside to this, of course, because also these tools and mechanisms are used by less good forces. So the world needs more of good leaders to be role models using digital. So there is um, a reaction to the backside uh, of this. Yeah. And of course, today, many people are worried about the algorithms and the way we are streamlined into a certain flow of information that we might not understand that we are not actually freely picking or, or getting access to the information that we might need or want as uh, before we make decisions. So I think also that the world really needs to, to educate uh, people and understand the critical thinking in terms of whom to rely on, which sources to rely on, how to find the complementary sources uh, before you make important decisions. So that's really important. And it takes some education to, to get there. Mm. So um, the, that's the, the short answer to a very big question. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, Katie. How did it feel to be on the podcast? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's really interesting experience because when you ask these questions they are so big in the sense that you you need to you need to reflect personal as well there is no standard answer so maybe when i share some of my thinking and some of my my perceptions and what we discuss at the ocean with our partners it's not a recipe for anyone else it's just, you know, a starting point for discussion and understanding. And there are no easy answers to, to these questions, but they are important. Uh, and hopefully people will take away some ideas or some, maybe an insight or maybe a question that they haven't thought about yet. I hope that. <laughs> I'm sure. To find out more about uh, Katie and her work, you can head to digocean.com, so D-I-G-O-S-H-E-N.com. Anything you want to add? Yeah, just one thing. At the website, we do have some absolutely free of charge things that might interest some of the, the listeners. For instance, we have a, a survey where you can actually get feedback report about your own digital maturity, both for your organization, but also for you personally. Mm -hmm. That's good. Thank you. So thank you for listening. And uh, until next time, live with purpose and remember to unplug. Ciao.